out there and welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. Why, it's the podcast where we watch the movies that you tell us to, no matter what garbage it happens to be. I am your host, John, and with me, as always, mostly in spirit, far away from me, is my co-host, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I feel so uh, so alone when we're not together. It's true. Mm-hmm. When we're not together, I just... I can feel a yearning. Mm-hmm. I look out at the moon and I wonder if you're looking at the same moon. <laughs> you know, somewhere out there. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in way too long. Oh, it's fine. I don't need to see it. It hasn't been too long. <laughs> I think I watched the first 20 minutes of it like a couple years ago and was just like, oh, yeah, I'm not into this at all. I mean, the first 20 minutes at least gets you the best song in the movie. Yeah. You get No Cats <laughs> in America. Like, oh. You're like, all right, cool. That's that's good for me. I'm happy with this. And then you can pretty much turn yeah, it off. Like, that's a wrap. <laughs> right before you get to that little uh, that little Fred Mouse who's, like, really irritating. Oh, yeah. Like, that's basically it. Once you get to America and there's that mouse who's like, hey, buddy, come with me. I'm going to show you New York. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm a New York mouse. Hey, how you doing? 51st Street. And you're like, oh, dude, no. Hey, I love New York. And you're like, ugh. I hate your terrible ethnic name. I'm going to call you Vinny. (laughs) I forget what he actually changes Fivel to. Forville. (laughs) He changes it to Forville. Uh, jokes. Someone else's jokes. Mm, yeah. So anyway, uh, what did we watch? So we watched Space Truckers. Mm. It's about as good as that name would imply. It is, uh, god damn. This movie came out in 1996 and looks like it came out in 1981. There are parts of the fact that it came out in 81, or that it looks like it came out in 81 that I appreciate. Um, I, I'm just going to lay my cards on the table. This movie wasn't any good, but oh no! Uh, the fact that it uses almost entirely uh, miniatures for its special effects is commendable and fun to watch. Oh. So occasionally you'll be like, ah, oh, neat, look at that. They actually built a little model of that stupid thing, and they're they're smacking it against other stupid things. Then again, it, <laughs> it, it, it does fail in execution because like they use CGI for asteroids, for blood spatters, for all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, just honestly, the quality of the picture is not great. It's, it just, it very much feels like an early 80s sci-fi film because it feels like the kind of thing that was like, oh, someone watched Star Wars and went, let's try and make a Star Wars. Yeah, it's almost didn't this... have the budget or the talent. In this case, went, oh well, it's it's almost more like someone watched Independence Day and was like, "Yes, let's make a Star War." <laughs> <laughs> this movie was fresh in my mind, not because of the movie itself. I've never seen it before, but because Stephen Dorff uh, got like raked across the coals like two years ago for saying some incredibly dumb shit about the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, when he when he decided to kind of show his whole ass and basically tell Vanity Fair magazine that Scarlett Johansson should be like embarrassed for making the Black Widow movie, uh, people were the the biggest thing I saw people pointing out was you know a you were in a superhero movie you were in a Marvel superhero movie uh, and until this exact point you were a lot of people's favorite part of a Marvel cinematic movie 
<laughs> but also that he had made space truckers. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> there's there's definitely uh, a thing right now with you know a lot of people enjoying shitting on the Marvel movies, and that's fine. Whatever, it, like what you want to like. I don't give a shit. But if you're like, gah, how could you possibly decide to make a Marvel movie? I'm like, what? the fuck are you talking about yeah he actually capped it with like an even dumber i think his final statement on it was like uh i'm never gonna see a movie like that you're never gonna see me in a movie like that i'm gonna find the little kid who's the next marty scorsese and i'll be in his movies yeah good. and i'm like good on you man i guess Stuart gordon is the next martin scorsese Ugh. <laughs> perfectly functional oh. old Stuart gordon who always hits his marks and makes his <laughs> movies for eight hundred dollars I can't get yep. mad at him. I like most Stuart Gordon movies. The guy, I mean, he, he works with a limited budget and he gets things done. And this is another example of that. It's workmanlike. He has made <laughs> some real weird movies. Yeah. I mean, we have already done robot jocks, mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, but, you know, being able to say that he was there for the uh, the space truckers, fucking castle freak oh god damn castle freak <laughs> that's a fun one uh yeah, yeah uh, reanimator just, i believe is one of his yeah reanimator fortress and fortress is the movie that actually got this made because fortress actually did really well mm -hmm. you know for one of his movies they managed to raise like 20 something million and we're like yeah fuck yeah we're gonna <laughs> We're going to make a big movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is, I mean, you got they got their $20 million and then they went out and they immediately hired as many of the, the big-name celebrities as they could for this movie. So, you know, no spoiler review. Do you like movies that star Dennis Hopper? <laughs> That's a wide range of weird movies. Mm -hmm. What if they also have Debbie Mazar in the lead lady role? Ah, now you know that someone needed a New Yorker in their movie. <laughs> uh, it's basically, it very much feels like, honestly, the closest thing I would think is, I wouldn't say that he had just seen Independence Day and said, let's make that. I would have gone with Fifth Element because of the color scheme and the fact that it's, you know, oh, a, a, a down-on-his-luck workman in space using his simple homespun workman wisdom to save the day. See, whereas I was like, this movie really feels <laughs> like he saw the diner scene from Spaceballs and went, <laughs> what if that was a movie? That's honestly significantly more likely because this beat this beat Fifth Element to the theaters by a year. Oh, yeah. No, this very, like, the look and feel of a lot of it, I kept going like, is that going to, is that guy going to tell me a joke about, like, Pluto and the Bark, you dummies? <laughs> I do like, you know, the diner scene gives us a little glimpse of uh, a character actor that we recently lost. Mike Haggerty's in there. Oh, yeah. In this movie, we get a, a good old Mike Haggerty. Rest in peace. Yeah. So that's that. nice to see him so quickly after the end. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, just, just to, to, uh, to boil it down, this is a movie about a trucker in space, thus the name. Yep. But really, it's, uh, it's a movie that's just, hey, did you like Charles Dance? Because he's going to take over the middle... 50% of this and just do a bit. Did you like Charles dance? It's time for you to feel sorry for him. <laughs> you won't now. 
Uh, yeah, no. Spoiler-free review, pretty bad, pretty stupid looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are going to do a full, in-depth, spoilery review. We are going to uh, play a wee bit of music, and then we will be right back with Space Truckers. I miss the Earth so much. I miss my wife. And we're back. It is time now to dig into the filth and (laughs) models of little spaceships (laughs) that is space truckers. Yeah, yeah. This is fun. This is a fun, stupid movie. I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm not saying it's good. It it genuinely isn't very good. But it's. It's stupid in in the kind of way that you only get from Stuart Gordon. It's weird to me because when I see space truckers and I think, okay, what's that going to be? And I see Dennis Hopper is on there and Charles Dance. Like there's a type of movie that comes to mind and this is not it. And the reason it isn't it is because of the setup for what the actual plot is at the beginning of the film. Well, yeah. I mean, you see just the, the names, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Steven Dorff is the good guy. Dennis Hopper's the bad guy. Charles Dance probably makes equipment because he's got a British accent. Debbie Mazar is probably a weird alien because whoever gives her more than 30 minutes of uh, or 30 seconds of movie. <laughs> I like her, but I mean, I can't even oh, but name it. She's a- definitely there because you couldn't find Fran Drescher that day. <laughs> So, so, uh, yeah, it it isn't though. It isn't what you think. Like, for example, Dennis Hopper is the main character in this, a, uh, a sort of trucker ass space trucker. He's his whole gimmick is being a trucker, but yeah, the movie doesn't open with any of that. It opens with Charles dance and, uh, like a super evil robot. Yeah. The fact that we get, uh, Shane Rimmer, who I've seen in some stuff is EJ Sags the head of some company and Charles Dance is a scientist who's like, I've made a super weapon thing and it's amazing. And they have a whole beginning intro scene where like it just murders a bunch of dudes in tanks and then finally like bursts in through a door and it's, it's just, it's Terminator with a weird thing on its head and, Honestly, EJ, yeah, it's terrible. It's got like a triangle head that basically makes that kind of high pitched. A flash bulb is about to go off, electric charging noise. So it goes like, oh yeah, and then goes katunk, and someone either disintegrates or blows up into uh, painted purple ceiling foam. (laughs) I mean, basically, it's (laughs) you either disappear or you live to look down and see that you have turned into Rainbow Sherbert. (laughs) Yes. It's kind of arbitrary which one happens. The EJ Sags character here, he's just like the head of the company, which is just sort of the all-purpose bad guy of the of the movie. Uh, he reminded me a lot because we all, you know we did watch Robot Jocks, another Stuart Gordon movie. He reminded me a lot of the uh, Tex Conway role from that. Well, I mean, in this one, he's more openly evil on his sleeve, but it was kind of the same sort of yeah, Stuart Gordon's bad guy is this sort of like big talking Texas man. <laughs> who starts the movie off like, ah, sure, I do appreciate whatever you just done for me, and I'm sure you understand why it is I'm going to have to kill yous. 
Yeah, the fact that, like, it it has that sort of, like, oh, I'm an evil businessman turn where after Dance gives him, like, the controller to the super robot, he's like, oh, and with this I could take over Earth. And, of course, I need plausible deniability, which means you will have to die. And I'm like, this dude just made you the most ridiculous, amazing super weapon ever. Maybe keep the awesome weapon designer alive. Yeah, just keep him out on the fringes in these random other planets where it costs too much to get back to Earth. You'll be fine. I mean, it, honestly, it, just be like, yeah, dude, fucking, you're my number two. Give him a shitload of stuff. He was able to design on a, uh, like, the budget that they gave him. He was like, oh, yeah, I made a thing that's, you know, several years ahead of what anyone else is even close to. And, you know, these absolutely indestructible robots except for if you get them hot a little bit and <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know they've got a super weapon laser thing and you know you could take over earth with a hundred of these and i made you five thousand and his response is well i guess i'll kill you i would yeah. be like sweet keep working on more shit for me i mean weren't you thinking okay there's because so charles dance's character has like a little controller which controls the robots and he gives it to ej sags he's like here now the robots will obey your every command and this first command is obviously kill that guy you know kill the guy who just gave me this controller were you thinking like that dance would just be like you idiot i won I, I programmed them so they won't attack me i'm not stupid yeah because i was like oh he handed over the controller and said and of course they're keyed to listen to your commands over anything else. And I was like, ha uh, we're going to find out that's bullshit later because, you know, I assume you'll be around and then you'll be the real bad guy. And then, no, he was just like, kill doctor, whatever. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I didn't see that coming. I was like, wow. I fucked up real bad. <laughs> you might be the dumbest movie super genius I've seen in a while. And honestly... You think he may have died here, and I was like, wow, that was a real short time for dance. I guess you couldn't afford a lot of him. Yeah. But no, he comes back. Uh, you, you wish you wouldn't. By the time he's done being in the movie, you're like, ah, I wish he had died to that robot. Yeah, man, it would have been way better for you if you had just <laughs> let that robot turn you into some melty ice cream. Do you have your uh, uh we we are we are back from a little a little bit of uh Jeff took care of a thing. You may have noticed that his audio was kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm still learning how to use the Zoom. I apologize. Uh I I tried to set something that would cause it to uh not cl uh, cut off clipping so low and it ended up making me sound again like I was calling into a radio show. So hopefully I sound a little better now. Sorry about that everybody. Sorry. Sorry. We'll put a warning in the episode's disclaimer or description you know our normal disclaimer for episodes where we're like we, this show sucks <laughs> yeah, there's always a disclaimer warning this show will not be good <laughs> warning do not listen to this it's warning bad. hour wasted <laughs> uh, so do yes. not operate heavy machinery while listening to system mastery because it sucks <laughs> oh wait this is yeah. movie mastery we can't put that we can't use that warning for this one Oh, yeah, that's why we have to really be careful about cycling those warnings. <laughs> we do. Uh, so anyway, I don't remember where we were. Uh, we were just calling Charles Dance stupid. Oh, no, we were cutting to Dennis Hopper driving his big truck full of square pigs. Well, yeah, we had just finished talking about the setup, which is just there's an evil dude who has a army of robots and he killed the scientist and he's going to go take over Earth. And then we cut to 
Dennis Hopper, space trucker. Mm-hmm. And he is driving around in what is very clearly a small soundstage. <laughs> uh, Either that or his truck just clear. has, like... His truck is basically... The interior of his cab is, like, my apartment in size. Ah. Uh, it, it looks a little silly. Plus, they're very careful to very rarely show the windows. This is, like ed wood airplane cabin levels of filmmaking where you know you only see this plane this cabin from like one angle so that you can't see where it's open on the front where they can so they can put the cameras there yes <laughs> but he's driving his big space rig a pachyderm 2000 that's right and uh he is why he's late he's late to deliver his mars genetic square pigs Yep, yep, big old pigs that fill the exact shape of the cage that they live in. Uh, it's a really nice bit of special effects. It's cute to watch. Honestly, it's like a bunch of puppets. The the square pigs bit when he finally goes and like opens up one of the things and you see it. And you're like, oh, it's real nasty just <laughs> square pig. It's what it says on the fucking tin. Exactly. It's just a pig that fills a square cage up. It's uh it's fine. It it doesn't it it looks hilarious and not stupid at all. It's fine. He, he <laughs> even feeds one of them not dumb. He he feeds one of them a hot dog. It's adorable. Uh and then, I gotta say yeah. the the bit at the beginning with him and the pigs and he's got like a hot dog and he just sort of like squirts some mustard in the zero G and then like slaps his hot dog on it. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, this at least establishes what I imagine a very good trucker idea to be. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just kind of a sloppy bitch eating a hot dog <laughs> in my cab. I like, also, sure. I also like that they work in the zero G special effects here and there. Those are going to get forgotten fairly, qu fairly quickly. <laughs> I mean, the Zero-G will not be forgotten because they're like, oh, everywhere has Zero-G. We're basically just going to say everything is like that unless you're on a station that has artificial gravity. Yeah, they use magnet but, boots. Man, the amount of visible wires in here was worse than the Flying Nun. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, that is definitely true. You could definitely see, like, uh, when... He gets up to walk back to the back of the truck. You can see, like, the sleeves of his spacesuit that he's wearing around his waist. And those are supposed to just be floating because they're in zero Gs. This is going to be, like, trailing behind him. But instead, they're bobbing along behind him like they're Muppets being made to run. Uh, every time they do anything in zero G in this and someone needs to move around, I'm like, it's not even the old, like, oh, well, TVs used to be, so you wouldn't see the wires. I'm like... I can see the shadow of the wires on this dude. Like, <laughs> this is not good. It, I don't think it was worth it. I don't. Ultimately, they could have just had one bullshit line about artificial gravity and called it a day. But they were like, "No, we're we're make we're our watch in trade here is going to be selling this thing on on uh, zero gravity effects, of which we have two, and <laughs> yeah, we're gonna forget was... like." When Because the, there's a point where he's, like, activating magnet boots so I can kind of stomp around on here. And then people keep getting, like, knocked down. Like, in just a second, he, he's going to tell a guy, oh, careful, don't punch me. We're in zero gravity. That's not how you punch people. But when he punches him back, the guy flies backwards and lands on the floor. And you're like, how do you do that? Yeah. It's... <laughs> It is definitely one of those things like, uh, we only remembered zero G when it was, you know, 
novel. And yeah. Then for the rest of it, we didn't care. <laughs> like I said, it could have just been fixed by having one line where they were like, ah, you know, it sure is great ever since we invented artificial gravity. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I feel like, especially because this came out in the mid-90s, we had gotten so used to things like, you know, a Star Trek or a Star Wars or whatever, where it's like, yeah, dude, you just walk walk around in a fucking spaceship and there's gravity. You don't need to worry about it. And the fact that they were like, well, that's not realistic at all. Anyway, here's here's our hyper-realistic version of it. Yeah, it's so weird that they decided to go on hyper-realism when it's like a movie about... You know, a guy who owns his own space truck and he uses it to haul loads of square pigs from Mars to a space station. And George Wentz going to threaten to cut to cut him short. You're just like, why are we doing the realism if the movie's going to be this goofy and colorful? Yeah. And I mean, the main thing here is George Wentz is in charge of this station where he is trying to drop these pigs off. Mm -hmm. And he's late. But he's like, oh, you know, you still got to pay me for the pigs, whatever. They're mine until you pay me. And the whole thing is he doesn't work for the company. Like every other trucker that we see is a company man. Mm-hmm. But he's an independent hauler and that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a rare thing these days. Uh, but he is one of the last of a dying breed of independent haulers who owns his own rig and sets his own schedule. And George Went hates him and is a corrupt person yeah. in the first place. It's weird to me, though, because I'm like, you know, if you've gotten to a point where you're like, even George Went says when he sees like Brad Dorf later on, he's like, oh, there are, you know, 80 unemployed truckers out there that would love to get this haul. And you're like, then why are you using an independent trucker to begin with? <laughs> and I'm sorry, did you just call Stephen Dorf Brad Dourif? Maybe. <laughs> Just checking to see whether or not Grima Wormtongue showed up in this movie, and I didn't notice. That would be honestly amazing. <laughs> okay, so I just wanted to make sure. I don't. I don't. It's not like I'm gonna stand on a high horse about getting a name wrong. But. Oh yeah, that, that is my bad. I am sorry. Chucky did not show up in this movie. I, I was just. I'm not mad. I was just confused because I was like willing to believe that. Oh, maybe he was in it. I didn't see him. <laughs> yeah i got them dwarf names wrong <laughs> but no went plays basically the standard boss of an evil trucking company where he's like i'm gonna give you a quarter of what i owe you take it or leave it and if you say leave it i'll have my boys rough you up yeah i just <laughs> fucking pay the man for some pigs i know it's, it's the fucking biggest company in the universe i know big companies don't make don't uh become big companies by paying people what they're worth but still this is like a minor investment oh yeah it's not worth this level of aggravation it's the kind of thing where you're like oh you know you like if you're the manager of some company and you're like well you're two days late whatever i'm i still am going to pay you because i don't give a shit and the amount of trouble it will cause me to try and get these pigs without paying you is more than it is to just pay you exactly we will see it is way more than it would have been if he had just paid him yeah i mean the thing i keep thinking is uh contract is is going to be what it boils down to there there was a contract on these pigs and just just honor the fucking contract if the contract had a thing about a late fee fine cite that and charge it don't just try and undercut him or say he gets nothing and yeah it is uh it is 100 percent um (laughs) 
not worth not worth George Wentz time. But yeah, they have a little altercation where George Wentz sends one of his two goons to go kind of rough up Dennis Hopper, who Dennis Hopper is going to go through this movie being like, uh, you know, those kind of like sensible philosophy heroes you see in, in movies from time to time. He's one of those. So he's like, whoa, friend, that's not how you throw a punch in zero G. You got to put a shoulder into it. Watch this. And he like pops him in the jaw and knocks his tooth out, mostly so we can get a, sp- a special effect blood spatter thing. <laughs> An incredibly not worth it. Bad CG blood splatter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So um, and then it's time to head on down to the diner. But the, yeah. the the important thing is they're at a stalemate. He's like, you can't have the pigs unless you pay me what I'm owed. Those are my pigs until I get six thousand space bucks. Pay the man his space bucks. I don't remember what they actually called the units in this. I'm going with the space balls thing because that's like the closest analog to this movie. Unintentionally. Now, the diner is neat as well. It's one of those like, oh, it's a spinning ring thing. So you have gravity, but it's like that it is pressing you to the outside of this ring. So the diner itself, like as you're walking along, you would look like you were walking sort of like up a ring Mm -hmm. it's a neat looking idea i mean obviously they didn't have the budget to go all the way and actually like show you someone doing that but it it was it was cool i like that there were there were several ideas at least at the beginning of this that i was like oh that could be cool but we're not going to spend any time here to give a shit about this ultimately all the opening of this movie i mean aside from the war robot charles dance prologue sequence this part kind of sets you up as you're like oh neat it's going to be a movie about space trucking and unions and so on that's going to be fun to watch but instead it's like uh, at a certain point they get captured by pirates and then that is the entirety of the movie it's so weird that they're like oh we set up a weird like future space war movie mm-hmm. and then immediately dump to a trucker who's like worried about the company and trying to make a dime on his own living and then <laughs> like abandon that and they go ah this is about pirates who gives a fuck <laughs> no one cares but yeah he goes to a diner and we get kind of the bad side of Dennis Hopper's character here because uh we see his his uh friend who works at the at the diner Debbie Mazar and she is talking up a brand new trucker fresh out of truck training school played by Steven Dorf. Yep. And his name was I think Joe Pucci. Mike Pucci. Mike Pucci. Yep. And uh and Debbie Mazar playing Cindy and Cindy's like, "Hey, Mike, Something, something, I hope this all works out for you. And then, you know, Hopper shows up and is like, hey, this is my lady who definitely isn't my girlfriend, and yet I am going to claim her as my own. Hey, what are you doing talking to customers, Cindy? I thought I was ma- I thought I was your man. And you're like, D- she, she's a waiter at a restaurant. She has to talk to these people. <laughs> yeah. I need, I need you to chill your shit it's weird that he did yeah it's one of those old-fashioned things you get from a Stuart gordon movie you know like uh the main character being like don't talk to other men woman and then like still being the hero yeah <laughs> uh but it turns out that mike pucci here just cleared his truck training school and he's uh the first thing that that uh he's asked by hopper he's like so you're gonna join up with the company and you know this is a, another little bit of interesting business in the movie is uh he is a dyed-in-the-wool independent trucker, is Dennis Hopper's character, uh, and he doesn't like company drivers, but, you know, Pucci points out, like, 
there your breed is dead. You kind of closed the door behind you. I can't go buy a rig. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck do you expect me to do? I just finished paying to like finish truck training, mm-hmm. and I can't afford to buy my own rig. And even if I could somehow get together enough money to get one, all of the jobs are company jobs. Like, what do you think I'm going to do? Yeah, you get like one job a year from the company when they absolutely cannot have a company man do the job. There's no, And I don't want to cut your business in half, so it's weird that you instantly hate me. Yeah, and even the even idea uh, that like the you'd be like, ah, oh, I hate all these business truckers. I'm like, yeah, but there's like four independent ones, and mostly you're hauling shit. I would assume is probably illegal. <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting just because the movie calls him out on it when he immediately is like, how dare you be a company man when independent trucking is the noble pursuit? And both uh, him and Debbie are like, or Debbie Mazar, uh, Cindy, you're like, no, dude, you you're standing on old man ground and shouting at the uh, at the youth. Yeah, you're like the people uh, you're like when my parents point out that they could they paid their way through college. No problem. And I'm like, yeah, because college costs like eight dollars when you were college age. You could literally pay for it with a part time job. (laughs) Every time my dad gives me shit for that, I'm always like, remember how you used to be like part time at Trader Joe's and you bought a fucking house for five people? Remember that? I'm sure uh, you felt like you were working very hard, and I bet you actually were, but that was a time when working hard bought things. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Mike goes off because they call him into the office, and George Went is like, oh, you're going to be, you know, a company man, you're going to haul some shit for me, and uh, here's your uniform, you got to wear this pink thing ah it's pink how embarrassing for you yeah that was rough right like who cares the whole point where even even dorf has to be like pink is it really pink and when's like i have to wear this have to wear this pink thing yeah you have to wear the pink uniform it's pink who gives a shit man it's not worth the gag I know. Have pink. you looked around? This is one of those dumb futures where everyone is wearing like neon mesh tops. It's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when he's not in his pink probationary coveralls, he is wearing a 1996 rave outfit. He's got, <laughs> yeah. he's got like a green Dieter turtleneck top with a black mesh finished half jacket over it. It is. It's not exactly like the pink jumpsuit is somehow tarnishing what you are. <laughs> no, the pink jumpsuit mostly just hides his like twenty years uh, evolution out from craft work outfit that he was already wearing. Fuck. And Debbie Mazar has got one Nisi Nash from Reno nine one one. I or uh, one of those uh, hair lock things. Yeah. So everyone looks ridiculous. So the whole thing with like you got to wear a pink uniform was like, dude, come on. If this is how you find your comedy, you should be making a serious movie. Aww. But basically what he does is he hires him to do the pig job because he's going to steal those pigs. Is George went. Yeah. Now there's a funeral for a uh, trucker that died to some uh, some pirates. The setting up that pirates will be a thing in the future. Yeah, the Dread Captain Macanudo is out there in the scum zone, and he got his hands on some trucker and sent back only his burned-up dick, which fits in a coffee can. I just... Again, I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) 
it's just the I mean, I'm laughing at this point just because I'm thinking in my head I'm picturing the writers' room where they're like hell yeah they set back his dick that's going to be hilarious dicks are hilarious. Whereas all I can think is, what pirate's job was it to like get some tube, grab a guy's dick, put it in there, and then be like, all right, to space station, care of pirates. <laughs> I mean, presumably it's the same pirate who has to, had to put a like tube over his dick and then vaporize the rest of him. They're like, well, we got to save your dick. So I'm going to hang on. Let me just wrap your dick up in some asbestos real quick. Then we're going to VoIP the rest of you. Then I'm going to mail your dick to a space station. Now, of course, this is before the super robots with the like energy weapon that can actually turn a dude into ice cream is around mm -hmm. so it's not like they had weapons that were like oh yeah we blasted a guy and it turned out you know we got everything but the dick like everyone else's weapons are mostly bullets or maybe a little laser gun yeah and they do the thing in this movie where you can't shoot anywhere because it'll blow out a wall and suck everybody into space well, yeah, which is very George funny Wentz because guys <laughs> has a gun and the second he brings it out Wentz like what the fuck is wrong with you put that fucking shit away and then that dude literally the next time he shows up on screen fires a gun a gun and kills George Went by blowing a hole in a window yes sir <laughs> it's like how did he even get that gun on the station take that fucking thing away from your dumb man <laughs> oh yeah the second that guy pulled that out <laughs> George Went should have been like okay one you're an idiot Two, give me that give me that that goes in my desk you can have it back when you go back to earth or whatever the fuck <laughs> you could have it back at the end of class <laughs> but uh yeah so there's a whole thing there's gonna be a, a funeral for this one trucker who got killed by pirates this is where we get to see mike haggerty for a, all of a second and a half uh and right as the, he's like yeah i think i might stick around and someone points out that his rig is being stole or lifted like uh, that they've separated his truck, his cargo from his truck. And he's like, well, son of a bitch, someone's tried to steal my cargo. And right at that moment, in comes George Went and his goons. Yeah. And they're like, ha ha, fuck you, buddy. We're stealing your shit. Yeah. Like, why would you? What? He's really just like, hi, hi. We're here for the party to celebrate the dead trucker penis. Uh, so. And, and then hi, they, we're here for the trucker penis. And then they break into a big old goofy fight. Which eventually results in uh, George Went getting sucked out a window by his butt. Ha ha! Yeah, there's a point where he thinks he's safe, and then he makes gurgly, pooping himself noises. Oh no! Oh, bad things are happening to his butt. <laughs> We're not going to show the bad things happening to his butt, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Instead, he just gets popped out the window, and that's the end of that. Uh, but everybody has to escape this room because, you know big sucking hole in the into, va into the vacuum of space and our heroes escape by just holding hands so that none of them fall down yeah just the power of holding hands is mm -hmm. fine against the vacuum of space and then it's time for uh the fact that i guess dennis hopper has been working off of this this uh space rig for so long that he knows that there is a secret bathroom elevator to a secret weird man who gives out secret truck jobs yeah if you go into the woman's restroom and open one of the stalls, there's a lady in there who's like, how dare you come in here while I'm trying to use the restroom? But she's actually a robot and you can rip the top of her head up and like punch in some numbers and go down to see a guy. And he's like, I've got a weird job for you. <laughs> yeah. So there's this there's this dude down there who... Uh... I'm not sure why they took this guy and dressed him up in makeup as well. I, I'm assuming they just thought it would be funny. 
But there's this dude down there named Mr. Zesty. And Mr. Zesty will give you a job if you if you want. And this job is you've got to get these this big uh, cargo trailer full of sex dolls to the high orbit of Earth. You have 60 hours to do it. And if you were to fly straight to Earth from here, you'd make it there in like 96 hours. So it's a doomed job. It's weird to me, though, because, I mean, clearly, obviously, this is going to be the robots. Yeah. But, like, these are the single most amazing, like, murder robots that have ever existed. You've got a huge shipment of them, and you need them in order to take over Earth. And the fact that you were just like... (laughs) I'm going to find the weirdest idiot I can out in space and then ask him to find a guy for me instead of just being like, I will hire the fastest, most reliable truck person I can to get it there. Personally do that. Well, I mean, the other thing I kept thinking is like, okay, if shit hadn't gone sideways upstairs, what was this Mr. Zesty guy going to do? Yeah, he's like, well, I've got this mission. I'm like. Okay, but if no one had come to see you, this thing that needed to be done in, like, two days would have just sat there on your weird middle of a space station from a toilet desk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a strange moment. But basically, it works in everybody's favor because, uh, you know, Dennis Hopper needs to get off this station before they kill him for killing George Went. And uh, the same thing is now going for Steven Dorff because he chose to help. And also, Cindy needs to get back to Earth because his uh, or because her mom is sick and she wants to get back to see her mom yeah her mom is getting a operation to help her and so she's like i gotta go back she's getting some expensive uh work thing done and i promised i would go see her and she says you know dennis hopper john canyon is his character john's like oh you know marry me and i've asked you so many times she's like if you could get me to earth i would actually marry you Mm-hmm. And so when this comes up as a job that is actually going to Earth, she's like, all right, fine, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, she doesn't want to, and it's clear that it's just, this has been a kind of constant imposition and a problem in the two of them's friendship uh, that Janis Opera has always kind of pushed it a little too far. But she's like, hey, I really do have to get to Earth, so okay, I guess. And I, I think she really just thinks, like, I will deal with his weird situation later, but for now, let's just <laughs> get let's just get me to Earth. Yeah, it's weird that Cindy in this movie is like, no, I take the fact that I told this weird old guy that I would marry him if he got me to Earth seriously. I'm like, what? Why? (laughs) Yeah. So now the three of them go get in their truck. They have their new equipment strapped to them. And pretty much they just leave. There's a little moment where cops try and stop them. Uh, But they just... this is a weird moment. They're like, okay, well, we're on the trucker super highway to Earth. It's just a bunch of buoys that are like 50 feet apart from each other for some reason. You'd think they'd be spaced out. After all, it's in space. But it, by uh, by driving with some fancy trucking, he manages to smack one of the buoys, and then it kind of dominoes a bunch of the buoys and gets in the cop's way. And at least one yeah. of my favorite lines in the movie where someone calls in, I assume it's Mr. Zesty, pulling strings because because uh someone calls in and is like don't chase them let them go and one cop's like i don't what no we, we have them but the other cop just goes man i love following orders and just stops <laughs> yeah they just turn around <laughs> now of course i assume this is because it was like oh this is you know from the company the company owns the space station so they're like oh no let them go yeah 
Well, it, it turns out right away, uh, Dorf tells us helpfully, Poochie tells us helpfully, hey, there's no way you get to Earth by following the freeway in time for this. Uh, and yeah, it sounded you, like the kind of job where... You have a where, shitty old rig. Yeah, you have an old rig. And he's like, no, I have a powerful rig, an old Pachyderm 2000. It's the best there ever was. But also, you are correct. I will not be able to get there by staying on the space lane. So we're going off road, kind of. <laughs> I love this concept because, you know, it's space. It's not like there's a lot of shit in the way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess they were like, oh, we've got a protected lane so that, you know, like you won't hit asteroids and, you know, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Like this is a protected way to go i guess oh yeah this but movie like, has the uh kind of star wars understanding of what an asteroid field is uh, where normally if you're in an asteroid field you don't see any asteroids and even if you do see an asteroid one thing you definitely don't see from that asteroid is any other asteroids there's more <laughs> asteroids in an asteroid field than not in an asteroid field but they're still so spaced out that they are vanishingly rare but no this is the type of thing where if you go into an asteroid field then, baby, that thing is packed Yeah, full. it's full of spinning asteroids that are just randomly changing direction and heading right for you. Yep. <laughs> I and love the, it when asteroid fields are like that. The interesting thing about these asteroids is they are like obsidian black. Yeah, they're so black you rocks. you can't see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, strange choice. But yeah, they go driving out. They end up in a, a what's called the Scumlands, which is just... Space where there's a lot of truck wreckage. Yep. And he's like, oh, you know, some of these guys, they got taken out by asteroids, and some of them probably got taken out by pirates or whatever, but uh, I'm going to go through this, and it'll be fine for us. Don't worry about it. Oh, no, black asteroids, and they are not fine. They immediately get hit by an asteroid, and uh, it breaks their heat exchange system, so the, the cabin starts heating up dramatically. Yep. And, you know, he goes out, does... Uh, fucking john canyon he goes out to like try and fix it and the second he tries to break off the coupling of the cargo from the main cab like two little automated laser defense things pop up and are like pew, pew. yeah yeah so it turns out the cab is heavily or the uh the cabin th or God, the trailers are heavily defended also he's been being an asshole to mike the whole time so when when mike's like hey i'll come out there and help you fix it he just goes no it's a one-man job. But this is turns out to not be in his favor because it's getting hot in the cabin, so both uh, Stephen Dorff and Debbie Mazar immediately take off all their clothes. And for the record, this is going to be the last time we see Debbie Mazar in fucking clothes. She's in her underwear the rest of this movie. Yeah. She will strip down to a bra and the world's longest panties <laughs> and... Then just stay there. Even as other characters get dressed, she's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, they're like, hey, do you want a shirt? Nah, yeah, yeah, I know what this is. <laughs> I know where my bread is buttered. <laughs> but the two of them start hooking up, and immediately she's like, whoa, 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 we can't, we can't do that. I'm technically engaged to to uh to, to john canyon out there and dorf rightly calls it out he's like wait a minute are you seriously saying that you sold your marriage for life to a guy for a ride and, and she's like uh, yeah now that you say that that does sound bad yeah that does sound stupid but i am going to honor it because i am an honorable woman yeah like uh, all right yeah 
Well, anyway, he comes back in, does John Cannon, and he's like, how come everyone's naked? What the fuck is going on? Who's touching my fiance? Yeah, I bet it was your idea to get naked, huh? And he's like, yeah, it was, because it's fucking a hundred and some odd degrees in here. Yeah, now, if you don't mind, can we can we route the cabin through your refrigeration system? And he's like, I don't buy upgrades for my truck. It's a stock truck. Yeah, I don't go in for options. That's that's a sucker's game. That's how they get you. <laughs> so they're going to die from that. And, and as they decide as they're going to die from the superheat, they might as well at least drink a can of Zucks, which is the local space beer or soda. Or something, because it's not like, I mean, again, this is supposed to be zero G. They like crack it open and it's not like liquid comes out of it or anything. It's true. <laughs> yeah, no, like we said, they just constantly forget whether or not it's zero G. Uh, but that's fine. At this point, they get captured by a space liner that's a pirate ship. It just yeah. flies over and eats them with its shark mouth front part. Because, you know, I was like, oh, that would be fine if this had been like a pirate ship to begin with. But they're like, oh, this is some, you know, like regular transport for people. And then the computer's like, oh, that ship went missing. I'm like, oh, no, that was taken by pirates. And I'm like. Why did a why does a regular like citizen transport have a fucking like I'm gonna eat ship's mouth? <laughs> I assume it was just heavily modified. <laughs> we heavily modified this cruise ship to have a mouth on it. <laughs> but they get captured by, you know, a big old cruise ship that's full of pirates. Uh, the dude comes in, his name's Cutter or Cuddy. He's the, uh, he's the second in command on the ship. He's got a bunch of rifles because I guess he doesn't care if he get, if he accidentally gets shot into the vacuum of space. Uh, and takes everybody by gunpoint and chains everybody up in the, in the main building and then waits for the captain to arrive. And oh boy, the captain oh. arrives and it's Charles Dance. Charles Dance is now <laughs> the worst. <laughs> At first, I was like, oh, that's weird. This guy kind of looks like Charles Dance. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, it is. That's even weirder. Yeah, that's Charles Dance, all right. And then, you know, he's got, like, at first you think it's just sort of the standard pirate shit. So he's got, like, oh, I've got a space peg leg that's sort of metal and got those, like, 50s astro loop things on the uh, bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I got one eye and, and, a, and a hand that's like a little grabber claw. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. You're your standard space pirate now. Mm -hmm. It's but, much uh, worse than that. He is, in fact, a, uh, a fully cybernetic space. He survived his encounter with the robots because he was in his own lab and was able to fully rebuild himself. Yeah, because when, you know, half of your head gets turned into sherbert you're like oh it's fine i can i can put that together i got another half ahead i can fix this <laughs> it's fine and it, fine. this this is gonna start okay so you know he's very excited to have captured these guys and he's very mad about the company obviously the company turned him into the half robot he is today but um none of that really matters what matters instead is that he notices debbie mazar in her underwear and for pretty much the entirety of the rest of charles dance's role in this movie is Basically, just matter-of-factly telling her he's going to have sex with her. 
Yeah. And even when they're like, hey, we're not part of the company, we're independent, clearly you can see we don't have any, you know, company markings, we're not wearing any company clothes, we don't have any of that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I don't give a shit or care. No, uh, I don't care I at all. What I want to do is have sex with this lady, though. Yeah, and she's like, what do you keep bugging me for? And he's like, madam, I have sexual desires the same as any man. And there was a time in my life years ago when I would have been attractive to you, but I am not now because of, you know, my my situation. And But I would like to have sex with you anyway, and I will have sexual relations with you. And you say, like, oh, my God, this is still going. And finally, she's like, fuck it. I'll sleep with you if you let us go. Yeah. It's like, fine. Just fucking take the cargo. Take, I'll have sex with you and just let us get the fuck out of here. And he's like, ha ha, very well. Really? Very well, I shall believe you. Please escort me. She even is like, why don't we just have sex on the floor in here? I don't give a shit. And he's like, perhaps my quarters would be more comfortable. And, I mean, I, I don't even know how to tell you this. That's all it is. When they go to his quarters, he just keeps talking about what it is like to have sex now that he's half robot. And then the main funny joke He's got a dick that has, like, a pull cord, you know, like fucking lawnmower or something. Yeah, and so... She, he, and his dick don't work so good. It's just this, the whole routine, like, we can we can just stay with them for now instead of sticking around with Hopper and, and, and uh, Dorf. But, yeah, they're up in his quarters, and he's, like, up there being like, I have all of the major sedatives, alcohol, pharmacology, hypnotism... And she's like, I don't care. Can we please just have sex? And he's like, very well. I shall slowly disrobe. As you can see, my butt is two robot bubbles. I've got a real bubble butt. Ha. I'm very joke I make. Then he walks over nearer and he's like, my wang emits an electro wang pulse every 3.2 seconds designed to drive a woman wild. And she's just grossed out. So finally, he just kind of collapses on top of her. And she's putting up with how gross it is. But then, yeah, his dick don't work. And and he's like, this doesn't happen often. But then she just sort of kicks him and he falls down. And again, I guess his quarters have gravity because the dude's barefoot. Oh, yeah. No, the the passenger ship 100% has gravity because everyone on the passenger ship is like, ah, we just walk around. It's fine. This ship has artificial gravity for some reason. Yeah. No other ships do. So, yeah, he gets knocked to the floor and one of his legs comes off and he's like, "Ah, you will die. And she grabs all of his clothes and puts them on and leaves. Because well, yeah, she she does the uh, fighting Bane thing where she pulls all of his tubes. Mm hmm. And she, you know, like, basically ah, is telling him he's gross. Green goop going into you. I'll pull that tube of goop. Yeah. So basically she like gets all she pulls his goop tubes, puts on his clothes and she's like. You're all nasty and gross. I don't want to have sex with you. Yeah, time to go. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, like, kill you or nothing, but uh, bye. <laughs> I assume this will be fine. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And then she goes back downstairs and and, and uh, impersonates him to get all the other guards to leave the room so she can, like, free her two friends, which is great because she's she just stomps in and they're like, oh, Captain, it's you, except you have two human feet and you're a foot shorter and you're clearly female. <laughs> yeah now meanwhile while that was happening they tried to get into the uh the cargo hold and you know 
they get blasted by those little laser things. Yep, the lasers bla- voip them real bad. So uh, they decide to call the captain, of course, is currently indisposed. Of course. Uh, <laughs> but then she comes stomping in, and, and she's just, like, using a hand to gesticulate, like, free my guys. I wish to kill them myself. And instead of being like, hey, that hand you're ra- waving around in the air is suspiciously human, given that you had a robot claw. <laughs> you should probably have a claw on that hand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but she gets she gets her uh, guys freed, and just as she's like, "Great, now we're gonna go get in the ship and get away." The captain comes stomping back in, and is like, "Well, okay, you were just gonna have to sleep with me, and I was gonna let your people go. Now you shall have to sleep with all three hundred and twelve of my crew members instead." And then he uses some giant fucking laser thing to cut a big hole in the side of the cargo mm-hmm. and oh no there's there's a killer robot yeah the other fun thing there was when she's up there like not sleeping with the captain uh dorf and and, and uh, hopper are sitting back at the at, like tied up to the chain and hopper's like we got to go rescue her she might be in trouble and I'm sorry, that's Dorf. Hopper's routine is to be as laconic as possible. He's like, listen, kid, she's done worse for for uh, for less before. And besides, who are you to get jealous? She's my fiance. Quit trying to co-op my jealousy. Oh. And I was like, yeah, dude, but you, you, you should also want to rescue her from sleeping with a half robot who is almost certainly going to kill her when he's done. Yeah, like pretty pretty certain you're all gonna be dead unless you get out of here but he his whole thing like even when the pirates bored him he's like don't try and fight back just hang out let them do whatever they're gonna do yeah (laughs) yeah that's exactly right (laughs) and that's his routine the whole time he never seems to believe that he's in even when he's in real danger he's always like yeah the easiest way to get through this is to hold still (laughs) it's okay their vision is based on movement (laughs) so uh yeah he cuts a big hole in the ship does charles dance and two of his men go in and they're like boss it's a bunch of weird laser guns or something and dance comes in he's like well shit this is my robots these are my babies and at first he's like oh this is great i'll just reprogram all of these and then i'll be able to take over the company and then we'll be in charge but then someone's like oh hey one of these is missing and he's like well fuck ah fuck we how long has it been missing? We are for sure doomed. <laughs> and indeed, out comes a murder bot, and we cut to outside, and we just see, like, some laser blast things and noises and whatever, and then it comes out and starts murdering the Christ out of a bunch of pirates. Yeah, the scene where it... So it, it flings a bunch of pirates backwards and kills a bunch of them, and eventually they manage to stop the droid, the robot somehow, and there's a long extended scene where one guy's like, oh, oh, it smells like hamburgers. Who's cooking hamburgers? I'm oh, hungry. Oh, that was when he got shot by the little laser on the thing. Oh, that's right. And they're like, it's you. You're, you smell like hamburgers because you're being cooked and he dies. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, they managed to essentially get away because they're like, all right. I'm going to hit the button to open up the big mouth at the front of this thing. Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, we'll get into our cab and then fuck off. <laughs> and, and indeed they do. And, you know, I assume for some reason in the past hour since we've been captured that they fixed the thing that the asteroid busted. Yeah. And indeed they did for some reason. Yeah, how nice of them to have fixed the whole thing so that they won't cook alive in their cabin anymore. 
yeah, there was no mention of it, but the second they're just like, and let's get out of here. Also, there's no problems anymore. Like, <laughs> all right, man, whatever. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I think they specifically say that they're like five minutes from being reduced to full cooling because he's got a uh, there's a voice on the on the truck that's name is Bitchin' Betty and uh, Bitchin' Betty always answers questions like a like a Star Trek computer. Yeah. And Bitchin' Betty is like, we will not be back to correct cool temperatures for five minutes. And he's like, we don't have time for that, Betty. So there you go. But they get back on the truck and they escape. And sure enough, that robot, you needed to escape from it because right as they're getting away, that passenger liner pirate ship blows up behind them. For no reason. Yeah, we don't know what happened exactly. It's it's one of those things where like, okay, there was a murder bot with an, like a weird ion cannon face or whatever. And I get that that could do some damage, but that got sucked into space. Mm-hmm. And so did everyone inside. But apparently opening... The front thing, when you aren't ready, I guess, blows the ship up. <laughs> yeah, because it fully explodes. And now they're heading for Earth. But as they're head- making their way out there, they start hearing a noise back in the cabin. And uh, Mike and Mike and uh, John Canyon decide it's time to go investigate that noise. Yeah, and it, it, they're like, oh, someone's like plinking out an SOS Morse code thing back there. Mm-hmm. And it is the mostly liquefied body of uh, Charles Dance hanging out. And he's like, yep, well, here we are. Uh, yeah. Just going to let you know. He just wants a cigarette lit. murder bots, and <laughs> I made them, and uh, they're, they're going to come out. Uh, there was one, and then there will be two, and then four, and then eight, and so on. And that's mm-hmm. how they activate for some reason. And here's a controller, and if you hit this button, it turns them off. Yeah, but it only turns them off if they're currently turned on. So you can't go around and, like, preemptively turn them all off. Nope, they have to be turned, like, fully formed and ready to murder, and then you can turn them off. Yeah, because otherwise it wouldn't be any fun. There wouldn't be any random danger to it. No, but then he's like, not. he's like, well, anyway, boys, if you could use this controller, that'd be wonderful. And then he like dies and Dorf has to be like, you know, for a rapist pirate, he wasn't such a bad guy <laughs> for a murderer, rapist pirate. <laughs> and it's like, no, nope, stop, stop. The moment you start that sentence, stop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he. The, so now they have a little controller that can turn the robots off. And sure enough, here come uh, two robots. And Dennis Hopper turns them off. He's like, oh, neat. Yeah, works. Great. And uh, then shit starts happening on the outside of the ship. And I don't know. It gets all they have their way back to Earth now. uh, But robots are going to keep coming and trying to kill them. And he he has to make sure he can turn them off. But they'll be coming from random angles. Like sometimes they'll come from outside the ship and beat their way in. The next time when they get four coming two come at them and they turn them off and they're like oh where's the other two and then they notice there's a hole in the side of the fucking thing and they're like oh shit they're crawling on the outside yeah um so now they have it they have their final plan which is okay we can't all go together in this truck anymore there's too many robots it's too dangerous i'm going to take the the uh, my truck and i'm going to head in with these robots in tow and i'll try and burn them up on re-entry you two take the two-person escape pod that we mentioned earlier in the movie but didn't use because it was a two-person escape pod and you're going to escape to earth in it yeah and <sighs> i love that we have had a lot of scenes of like people just unloading 
fucking we know that they've been hit by like tank shells and just tons of rounds of ammunition going into these robots and they are just absolutely unfazed completely indestructible but now if like this oh, yeah. fucking escape pod shoots its jets near them they're like nope oh, we disintegrated yeah also uh th- we hit a point where all of a sudden machine guns work on them just fine as well i mean but, it doesn't stop them no, yeah but it pushes them back so that they can kind of get away from them or up until that point they've just been doing that implacable thing where they just kind of just keep walking yeah you shoot them and they just walk towards you again yeah, yeah so guns don't matter unless they're being held by a protagonist exactly uh so now the plan is in motion and it works the two of them get on their escape pod and they blast off for earth meanwhile uh dennis hopper has to do a bunch of repairs to the truck and then try and fly it in safely yeah he's trying to get the cargo released from his cab so he can be like all right i'll set the uh all the like cargo in a decaying orbit so it'll just you know crash into earth Mm -hmm. and burn up and then i'll be able to fly my cab down now he tries to do a bunch of like c4 explosive stuff and blow the hook to his cab up does not do anything and he's just like ah well fuck it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then a bunch of robots are threatening him and he's in a spacesuit and the windows are blown out on his truck and he flies into earth and we get the shot of uh, 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 Mazar and Dorf having landed successfully. And uh, they're, they're watching. They can see his cab up in space. And they're like, look, he's going to make it. He's, on re- he's in reentry right now. He's going to make it. She's like, well, he's on fire. He's supposed to be on fire. He's in reentry. And then he blows up. And they're like, well, that's not supposed to happen. That's a sad. Aww. 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 And then they hear him yelling. They're like, hey. He's like, hey, I'm right here. I'm on a parachute. Even though my cab was miles away, I coincidentally parachuted in right where you're standing. Oh, yeah. Even though you saw my cab uh burning on re-entry and blowing up like miles in that direction i'm gonna be coming in on a uh parachute from the other direction you're like how (laughs) also you would be burning up because you would have had to leave when it was still in the you know what (laughs) yeah basically if you burn if your uh ship's burning up on re-entry and you jump out you'll suffocate you i don't even know i don't because you'll fall slower but so so you won't get as much friction from atmospheric ma- uh, stuff c- getting you, but you'll you'll suffocate and freeze to death because you're really high up still. Yeah, it's uh, it's real good. It's real good. It's good times, fun for everybody, and uh, and yeah, he he's like, yay, we all made it. All three of us made it. Now let's go meet your mom. Yeah, and oh, and also he is released uh, right before he puts them on the uh, escape pod and sends them away. He's like, look. I need to clear up, clear the air on this one. I was being all fucked up when I when I tried to force you to marry me for a ride to Earth. That's on me. I'm not a good person. I'm sorry. You two, though, should go get married immediately. Go immediately. As soon as you land, run to a church and get married in that church and then start making kids immediately. You hear me? Yeah. I was like, uh, you know, also not your uh your thing you don't get to decide who gets to marry her you're not in charge of who marries cindy yeah there's this moment where he's like i was a bad person when i tried to force you to marry me so instead i'm going to force you to marry steven dorf <laughs> and i'm like you shouldn't marry steven dorf he has zero prospects right now he's a wanted criminal and he doesn't even own his own truck oh but they but go yeah. off yeah they go out to visit her mom the mom who 
he had seen a picture of a while ago and was like, oh, she was so hot back in the day. And she was like, yeah, this was 20 years ago. But then yeah, they she's pulled hot, back huh? the yeah. curtain and, oh, no, it's Barbara Crampton and she's still so hot. Is that who that was? That's nice to know. I always like it when Barbara Crampton's getting some work. Yeah, Barbara Crampton gets some work. Yeah. That's good. So, uh, so yeah, she's like, oh, hey, it's me. I've got an even stronger New York accent than David Mesa. <laughs> and then she's yeah. hiding behind a curtain so that we can do a whole gosh routine when she finally reveals that she is indeed, you know, hot. Barbara Crampton hot. Because yeah. she's like, oh, 25 years ago or 20 years ago, I got frozen. I got cryo-froze because the operation I was having was to cure a disease that there wasn't a cure for yet so i've been frozen and now i'm like tupperware fresh baby yeah i'm still a super hot lady and hopper's like well good gosh i'm an old man and she's like well by the by the powers of having been frozen for 20 years i guess i have to date old men yep i guess i guess i'm into you now eh? you're the only protagonist left and that's when a bunch of cops burst into the room but they're like cops with sunglasses in orange and uh, yeah, they're, they're like they're the secret service yeah. for the new president the new president of the world ej sags i bet you thought he wasn't coming back yeah and he's like hey i'm the president uh looks like i didn't <laughs> didn't need to have a bunch of murder robots to take over anyway i could I just privatized get earth <laughs> yeah i love that i love that he comes in and he's like hey uh so you know thanks for saving the earth from me uh because because, yeah, that's my fault, uh, but here's the deal. I'm going to give you a new truck, and I'm going to give you a job, and I'm going to give you all a bunch of money, and I'm going to take care of your mom's medical bills. And both uh, Debbie Mazar and Steve Dorff are like, no, fuck you, buddy. You fucked up. You tried to destroy the Earth with robots. We're going to expose you. And Hopper's like, would you both shut the fuck up? I want some money, and I want to leave this room. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, at least then... You're like, oh, no, he's absolutely right. If this guy who was going to murder everyone with, like, murder robots shows up and is like, hey, I'll give you all this money as long as you don't tell anyone about the murder robots. If you're like, no, I will definitely uh, tell everyone and I don't want your money. You're like, oh, then you want to be murdered by him. Because those are your <laughs> options. Yeah, but uh, basically... Uh, Hopper puts a stop to all the, the infighting. He's like, yeah, thank you for the money, sir. You will never hear from us again. Thank you and goodbye. Bye, sir. Uh, and then Sags leaves and they get in a little fight in the room where Dorf's like, we, we can't take his dirty money. What are you crazy? And Hopper's like, look, you idiot. That guy would kill us in a second. Well, the best thing to do here is just be quiet. We'll wait for it to blow over, get off planet, and get as far away as possible. And Dorf's like, nah, fuck you, man. Grabs the briefcase and throws the briefcase of money out the window and of course uh below we see sags getting into his space limo and being like <laughs> and hitting the arm button on the bomb that was very clearly in the briefcase full of money and the briefcase lands on his space limo and he blows himself up <laughs> yep oh what a what an unfortunate end for this minor character but oh, apparently, yes. this is the thing I love, is that he's like, hey, look, I got you a brand new truck. I'm going to pay for your mom's medical bills. I'm going to give you this big briefcase full of money. And all your debts, are, all of your uh, crimes and so on are forgiven. And then he goes off to blow them up. But apparently, he also did all of the things he said he was going to do. 
Yeah. I mean, at least I could be like, oh, that gives him some sort of deniability to be like, well, I I wouldn't have set a bomb up in there. I had just bought them a truck and paid off medical bills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good thing he was thinking that far ahead, because sure enough, he blows himself up. And then the next shot is everybody leaving in a truck. Yeah, because, you know, Cindy's mom is like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. I guess I'm a trucker wife now. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything important. I'll go be a Look, trucker wife. I've been on ice for 20 years. Whatever. I'll take whatever you give me. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and then they blast off the end. <laughs> Good God. It's it's All hard right. to uh, overstate how much of this movie is just Charles Dance being like, I would like to have sex with you, despite the fact <laughs> that I am a gross robot. I understand that I am a gross robot and you are repulsed by me, but I don't care. I will have sexual relations with you. And I will describe how I am good at them, and if you give me a chance, you will enjoy it. Ugh. All right, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get into our bests and worsts here. So, for Space Truckers, what would you say your favorite thing in the movie was? I like the opening, not the super opening, but the part where it's just, like, about truckers in space, and it's just, you know, you know, George Wentz, like, the mean pit boss, and he's got, like, goons, and there's a trucker bar. If it had actually been about space truckers and not just a sort of attempt at doing a Star Wars-style escape from Pirates adventure, I would have liked this a lot more. So I, I like that little bit where it was just world-building and setting up that, like, oh, yeah, space truckers are a thing. Oh, yeah. No, that was that was a good idea. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't do anything with it. No, they, they abandoned it immediately and went to a default kind of generic adventure story. Yeah. So uh, so that was kind of a... That, that was fun to watch. What about you? What was your favorite part? Uh, I mean, I really did like the like the diner itself was good i enjoyed the like oh we've got this like gravity ring so you can like walk around a ring mm -hmm. shaped diner and that was fun uh again it's mostly just the shit during the point where it was still about trucking yeah, that that part was fun to watch. I liked watching George Went as a mean boss. That was fun to watch. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> you know, fucking, you could have had so much more. I mean, maybe not interesting because, I mean, you know, it's a Stuart Gordon movie, but at least more unique type of a story told and you know i know you can easily point out that the part of this movie that i like is the part where it's just a trucker movie where it's just like a trucker walks into a bar full of truckers and gets in a trucker fight with a different trucker because he's a different kind of trucker and that's just it's just with a thin veneer of space over the top but i don't care that part was fun oh yeah i like uh <laughs> steven dorf's agent didn't like the title space truckers so through shooting the title was just untitled irish space movie because they filmed in ireland for the tax break yes and then when filming wrapped Stuart gordon asked stephen dorf hey what should the title of this movie be and dorf said i don't know space trucker and so <laughs> so it was called space truckers again <laughs> okay yeah i i I guess make a movie, name it later. That that's a, that's a concept. I saw a bunch of complaints on the IMDb for this page. They were like, uh, "This movie should have been theatrically distributed, and it's bullshit that it wasn't." We had to run nope. this on HBO because no one wanted to touch it. 
yeah, it was trash and they couldn't find a distributor for the U.S. <laughs> this belongs in theaters. Put it in the, like, dude, look at the movies that are coming out. It's the mid-90s. Yeah, dude. No. 96? If you put this in theaters, everyone's going to be like, the fuck is this? What is this <laughs> 80s film that you have just now put in theaters? Yeah, yeah. This is like two years after Independence Day. Independence Day is currently the gold standard. You can't, you can't release something that looks like it was made 20 years before. Yeah. Now, one last little bit before we get into the worsts of the movie. I do want to say that the uh, the editor who scripted the movie called this the first outer space road movie. And according to him, there's no scientists, no techies, none of the usual polished sanitary environments we're used to in space films. It's like anywhere else. The people who are there are underpaid and poorly regarded. And I'm like, dude... Alien came out in 1979. Yeah. I mean, that's literally a movie about space trucks. <laughs> it is a space trucking movie with an alien where a company is in charge and fucks them. I don't <laughs> think you should really be talking. Yeah, it's killer robots instead of an alien, but this is a pretty clear alien ripoff. Good Lord. It's the first movie where people, it's, it, where space is gritty and you just have to live out there and work in it. No, no, it's... <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure people have been using, you know, abandoned factories for their spaceships that are all drippy for a while now. <laughs> what a great thing to say. Uh, anyway. I mean, maybe it's the first movie about, like, interplanetary truckers staying in the solar system. Maybe? I, I can't say that for sure. I know the Cowboy Bebop movie, which is about interplanetary truckers staying in the solar system, came out in 2002. So it does beat that. <laughs> well... Hooray. <laughs> All right. Worst thing in space truckers for you. I mean, it's just the extended sexual assault sequence. I mean, what else? What else is it even going to be? Just the part uh, that's just Charles Dance rattling off how he's going to have unpleasant sex with this lady any second now. It goes on for fucking forever. It drags the movie to a dead halt. Yeah. God, that entire pirate sequence was just like, what? Why? And how did this random asshole, who was a scientist who was left for dead on, like, the moon of Neptune, how did he become in charge of these pirates? Yeah, we never get an explanation for what happened there exactly. There's all we, There's a point where he shows up to, like, threaten them, and he's like, please tell me what the company's plans are. They're like, neither of us work for the company. I'm going to recite the entirety of Fermat's theorem in my head. That gives you 8 to 17 seconds to think, and then I'll cut off your dick with my dick-cutting-off saw. <laughs> My special dick cutter saw. That's how we sent that dick back to the space station. Yeah, because there's a whole sequence about that where where he grabs, he, he reaches down below the, the the screen is like, here, yeah, I'm going to cut off this dick, Dennis Hopper. And Hopper's like, I don't care. That's not my dick. And Dorf's like, yeah, that's uh, that's my dick you got there, buddy. You got my you got my dick. <laughs> and, uh, you fucked up. You wrong fucked dick. up. <laughs> I would watch Stuart Gordon's The Wrong Dick, though. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like uh, a quality film. One of the great films of the French masters, The Wrong Dick. <laughs> yeah, it's a Truffaut film. Yeah, you know, it's all about a private investigator and he gets uh, framed for a crime. Mm -hmm. And then he ha he uh, has to choose which one of these two penises can help him solve the case. And he chooses the wrong one. <laughs> you see, one of these penises always <laughs> tells the truth. <laughs> 
<laughs> and one of these penises is Charles Dance. <laughs> I'll pick Dance's penis. <laughs> All right, but it only lies. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, that part was that part was very unpleasant. Just this long-winded, boring sexual assault bit that just go drags and drags and isn't funny. And I think they thought it was funny. Yeah. What about you? What do you think is the worst thing? I mean, outside of that, I just <laughs> the end of this where they're like, "And here's my mom," and he's like, "Oh, I get to have you." And you're like, yeah. I'm sorry, what the fuck is happening right now? Where he just kind of goes, oh, I thought you'd be an ugly old lady. You know, like how I'm an ugly old man. But instead, you're a hot young lady, which I should get because I'm an ugly old man. And she's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's how this works. You showed up, so. <laughs> I mean, what does she owe him? That's how we do it. Look, your daughter swore she'd marry me, and then I let her marry someone else. So she I still owes me a marriage. someone else. <laughs> But the way I see it, she still owes me a marriage. So, uh, you know, passed on to you. Yeah, like, I get it. They wanted the movie to be over in 80 minutes. They didn't want to drag it out by adding a secondary romance towards the end, but it does feel a little on the entitled side. Yeah, it's the fact that it's like, ah, uh, I'll clearly believe that, you know, someone sees Dennis Hopper and immediately is like, yeah, yeah, I'm into this. This is happening. <laughs> And it's like Truman Show era Dennis Hopper. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's uh, fine. I, that's another great, terrible choice. Anyway, let's go ahead and rate the movie. We're each going to give it a rating from zero to five to give us a full rating out of ten. Jeff. As charming as I find some of the silly old special effects, and I like a lot of the actors that are in this, I'm only going to go as high as a two because most of it is pointless wasting time. Like, it's True. just, it's just uh, so much time spent with this guy being like, I will fuck you. And you're like, can we do space trucking at all? Can we have a movie? No. <laughs> no, you can have an ad episode of a terrible TV show. <laughs> We've got movie at home. The movie <laughs> at home. So I'm going to, what about you? Honestly, I was thinking too. Uh, it's just, again, a movie that you look at it and you're like, well, that certainly is playing. And it just keeps switching what it wants to be about and what type of movie it is. And none of the characters are particularly likable. No. Honestly, I kept wondering why the fuck Steven Dorff was even in this. Like, he didn't really add anything. It felt like a pretty thankless role. Yeah. He was just like, and I'm also here. And even... You know, Dennis Hopper's character was like, yeah, but why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So anyway, uh, not it's a four out of ten. It is not. Don't waste your time on this one uh, unless you really like inventive model based special effects from a certain era. Yeah. And then go watch something else. Mm hmm. So there you go. Thank you so much for joining us for our review of Space Truckers. Uh, we will, of course, be back in another couple weeks with some more movie reviews for you but that's not all we of course are just now finishing up the end of our current tv mastery season where we have been going through cartoons from our rated properties and uh we are going to finish up on a show that i definitely watched as a kid and i didn't realize it got five seasons and that is tales from the crypt keeper five seasons god damn wow yeah okay. that show went on 
I mean, I guess it makes sense. The only thing I noticed when I was watching, because it's a pretty forgettable episode, the the major thing I, I, I oh no, I'm sorry, it's a super exciting episode, and I bet you can't wait to hear about it. Uh, oh, I- where was I going to go with that, though? The list of executive producers is insane. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's like James so- Cameron, Joel Silver. Oh, don't give out the big names now. No, I mean, it's just because all those people owned the old HBO Crypt Keeper show. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, join us over on Patreon if you want to listen to that. Head over to patreon.com slash systemmastery. That's where all of our bonus content is kept. At the $5 level, you unlock everything. You get our System Mastery bonus content, the Expounded Universe, the TV Mastery, and the Afterthought Monthly, as well as all of our Discord channels getting unlocked. You get some cool colors for your name in the Discord. It's cool. It's great. I love it. What a deal. And, uh, of course, if you can't afford to financially support us, but you still like what we do, you can just, you know, real quick hit a five star on whatever you're listening to this on, and that'll be nice. Maybe the algorithm will point us out to somebody. Yeah. Somebody who's got a million billion dollars. Somebody We just need need that one whale. Ray Liotta money. That Ray Liotta money. That's all we need. All we need is a five star rating for Ray Liotta to notice our podcasts. Mm Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming along. We will be back in two weeks. And until then, you all have a good one.